Hey guys, my name is Haley Grove, and I'm a big believer that dance can be the thing you love most in life, but it can't be your life. Not if you want to have a sustainable career. I want to explore and highlight some of the things that dancers do outside of the studio. What fuels your creativity? What keeps you grounded? What are your other passions outside of dance that make you, you? So that's what I'm here to talk about. Dancers doing the stuff they love. Let's dive in. Hello everyone, welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. Um, This episode I got to speak with my boss Jamel Logan who is just such an amazing person. Um, I I give a whole big rundown of of everything that he does but he is my boss at Eastside Dance Company, the children's dance studio that I teach at. Shout out to Eastside Dance Company. Um, He also is an amazing soul cycle instructor and just an amazing person. We met at a summer camp. Shout out to Meadowlark. Um, And yeah, this is a really fun episode. The craft is a huge fail, like maybe the worst fail yet. Um, So definitely check out the YouTube version of this interview at essentially Haley subscribe over there if you uh if you like it I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers and every single one helps uh with the cause um and the last little housekeeping thing before we get into the episode is a reminder that the patreon is officially live shout out to my two patrons Sophie and Karen um you guys are awesome and I actually am hosting a patreon dance party tomorrow or actually no today today is the day friday um and i've actually opened it up to anyone who wants to join so if you're interested it's at 7 30 tonight wow crazy um so email me at essentially haley at gmail.com if you would like to join us um the class is ten dollars and i think it's going to be a lot of fun you don't have to join the patreon um but definitely join the patreon because if you join the patreon um the goal is to get to 100 patrons and that means that i will be able to donate one dollar per patron once we hit 100 patrons and start the dancers dream grant program where i'll be able to help a dancer with a creative project by donating um so if it's 100 patrons that's a hundred dollars that goes to a dancer who has a project that they need help funding so that was kind of a roundabout way of saying that but i'm sure you guys have heard me say that on other episodes so uh Maybe it'll be clearer in another one. But with that, before I ramble too much, let's get into this episode because it is a really fun one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. Today is a very special, important guest. Um, This guest, where do I even begin? Tramel is a really old friend of mine. He's also my boss. We met working at a summer camp, which is like one of my favorite places in the whole world. Shout out Meadowlark. Um, And it's crazy how our paths have continued to cross. And, you know, since I've been in New York, he has been such a big, huge, important person in my life. And he is just like the coolest person. He has amazing stories to share. He's an insane dancer and like a soul cycle instructor and like very talented and popular over there with that he does amazing things for just like mentoring people and is amazing with children and like i could go on and on so before i bring him in i always like to hype up our guests it was hard to pick a video um usually i share a video of the guests dancing you know like a class video or something i have some funny videos that i could have shared of me and tramel dancing back in the day but i chose not to embarrass us so badly today i'm sure we'll embarrass ourselves during the craft but i wanted to share a video of him just like totally in his element doing one of the many things that he does amazingly, which is interacting with the kids at Eastside Dance Company, um, which is the dance studio that I work at that he founded. Um, So let's check out this video. 
Because this is a podcast, you can't see the video, but trust me, it is great. After the episode, make sure you head over to Essentially Haley on YouTube or Dancers Doing Stuff on Instagram so that you can check it out. But while I have you here, let's hear from our sponsor. If anyone out there is looking to start a podcast but doesn't know where to begin, I have a great tip for you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's actually what I'm using right now. Anchor is free to use, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a ton of other places. Another cool thing is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast is right in one place. Seriously, it's so easy. My first ever episode I recorded sitting in my closet, talking to my phone in the dark. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So cute. I mean, just everyone, I feel like Jamal has this amazing energy that just like exudes out of him and like kids, adults, everyone is just so drawn to him and he is just like such a great light. So I'm so excited to bring him on. Let's give a round of applause, a big round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> Thank Hell, you for being up, here. Thanks Hello. for that. That video, that video is... <laughs> Yo, they was dead battling me, though. They was going hard. They always, like, I, I don't know what it they is. Like, Kids are dope. always trying to battle you. Like, really like, intensely. All the time. <laughs> like, they, like, they, like, go for it. Like, <laughs> they get on stage. I'm like, relax. I'm like, I'm right, cool. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we really... lit. It's fun, though. It's so fun. It's so, so fun. fun. Okay, so we're going to start Ails. off with our craft. It's gonna be, it's gonna be something. So you love candles, and I love making candles, but yeah. we realized that that might be hard in this structure. So I saw this craft that's like popular on like YouTube and TikTok or whatever, where basically you get these taper candles, like what you would use at a like a dinner if you had like a fancy dinner, like who does that anymore? Okay. But all you're supposed to do is soak them in hot water. And then you should be able to, like, bend them into, like, cool shapes so that they, like, stand up and look like cool, funky art pieces for your home. But, so I've been soaking these candles in the water. I put them in boiling water, and that was definitely a mistake because I'm going to show how disgusting my (laughs) candles look right now. It's not a good look. This is not... Honestly, this seemed like something that might take take a while because it might take like the whole interview because i mean mine is sitting in, in in hot water and it's mad it's still it ain't do nothing <laughs> it's just cooling right now it like, also it's still could be solid. like it's real this solid. just doesn't work i'm gonna try bending it but then maybe like we'll just keep checking in on it throughout and we'll see what happens i'm gonna see so like I also spilled, okay, oh, okay, it's, oh, I just cracked it. Okay, so that's not it. I'm going to put it back in the water. It got to it gotta sit in there a little longer. That's that's what that is. Yeah, that's all right. Okay, my, well, now mine that is I'm... looking real. Yeah, I think, yeah, I just cracked mine too. So hold on, let me just put it back in the water. <laughs> I'll just put it back in the water. We're off it's to broken. it. Yeah, like, it's fine. Like, it's, it's a bad. process. It's a process. So I think we failed already. It's some, something about it's it just don't sound right. Yeah, it feels like this is a scam. It was like one of those, like, Five, yeah, I feel five like minute you hack videos. I feel like, I kind, I feel like yeah. you set me up. I did. This yeah, is not yeah. the best Gassy craft. To make it, yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think you set me up. I'm not going to lie. You're going to choose this one for me. And it don't even work. <laughs> You set me up. You set me up. Well, I I don't want to. I don't want to count it out yet. You know, like I think we. It still could. It still could work. Okay. (laughs) So while we're soaking our candles tomorrow, you probably got to soak it for like 24 hours. You think it's gonna work in 20 minutes? It's not gonna work. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, while we're soaking it, I want to know how did you start dancing? Let's go back to the very beginning of your life in the womb. I'm sure you were dancing in the, in the womb. womb. I think that's where I, <laughs> that's where it started. That's where it started because I can't necessarily think of a beginning time, right? We didn't take we didn't pay for dance classes. We didn't have that, you know what I'm saying? So it was just more so like music just was was me in me, you know, and I think I just came out just dancing. And obviously the biggest influence is like 
MJ, you know what I'm saying? And then Usher and all of them. And that's what I've, that's what I grew up on. So my mom always said, like, whenever we were at an event, I just always found my way to the middle and I was just mad small with a big head and I was just dancing. You know what I'm saying? So I was just moving. And then my mom, like, she, she loves music and she dances and she skates and she used to put on talent shows and stuff like that. I like to think that all of my siblings, they all could dance. They actually all could dance. I don't know about one of my brothers, probably both of my brothers, but the, the, my sisters could move. You know what I'm saying? My brother's a little shaky, but that's just what it was. And it wasn't until I got into the Boys Choir of Harlem, Choir Academy of Harlem, where I really found my love for dance. And when it was like solidified, like, oh, dance is your number one thing. You know, my mom always kept me active. She put me in martial arts. I played sports. Like I did all of these things. But when I got to the choir was when it was like, oh, you could actually really dance, you know, and then it just took off from there. You know, and that's that's where it started. So for people who might not be from New York, can you explain a little bit about the Boys Choir of Harlem? I mean, I know it's like so famous, but just give a little background of that because it's such a cool program. I got you. So um, the Boys Choir of Harlem was founded by um, Dr. Walter J. Turnbull, who passed away, unfortunately. Um, and his whole idea was to take a lot of kids in poverty, a lot of black boys from, from the streets of Harlem, uh, mainly Harlem, actually, because he founded it in the basement of a church, Emphasis Church, and teach them classical music. You know, he was a classical singer and well, well known, well respected. But instead of pursuing his career for himself, he decided to put that in and instill that into young black boys. So he grabbed like maybe 20 to 30 um, young black boys off the streets and taught them classical music in the basement of a church. Long story short, he then was able to um, evolve that into a school. And then it became the Boys Choir of Harlem, which then became the Girls Choir of Harlem as well, which then the school was the Choir Academy of Harlem. And it goes from 4th through 12th grade. You have to audition to get in. I was in there from 4th through 12th grade. So in 1997, I auditioned. My mom had her eyes on them, I think, before I was even born. You know what I'm saying? She saw them on, on TV and she was like, I want my son to be there under that guidance. And... um it saved our lives. You know what I'm saying? Like we grew up, I grew up in uh, Midtown 2628, but I went to school in Harlem and there's a lot of things you're exposed to growing up in New York City. So without those outlets with people who are role models and people who are really strict and adamant about, you know, your upbringing and, and holding you accountable to greatness, um, there's a lot of things that we could succumb to and some of them that we did. But having that background and having a boys choir of Harlem and other mentors like Mr. Wright, who also passed away, Mr. Bird, Mr. Robinson, and then Miss Myers for the girls choir of Harlem and, and so many others. And then big brothers, you know what I'm saying? I'm somebody who never met his father. Right. So having that, that brotherhood and that fatherhood definitely um, instilled a lot of confidence in myself as a black man, but then also just as a person, a lot of humility, a lot of um, just love, compassion, empathy, and consistency, and, and all of that. So we traveled the world, honestly. Like, we've been to Israel, Japan, Turkey. Um, we are, fun fact, we're the choir on Jesus Walk. So a few of us actually recorded that with so Kanye West. Um, and we did, we did a lot, you know what I'm saying? But he really, like, it was definitely an honor and a privilege to be in his graces and, and, and to learn from him and to watch what he's done. And um, unfortunately, it doesn't exist right now, but we're trying to get that back. You know what I'm saying? Under our leadership passing away and all of that, some other things happen. But there's an alumni choir and there's a committee that's coming back to bring back our legacy and then to continue it. So that's pretty much what it was. The Boys Choir of Harlem, Girls Choir of Harlem, Choir Academy of Harlem, 98%, 99% graduated and went to schools. A lot of them went to HBCUs. Um, so they were very big and adamant about us staying within our culture and um, not shying away from it because society tries to tell us otherwise, you know? So um, that's what, in a nutshell, that was the Boys Choir of Harlem and, and the Girls Choir of Harlem for us. So cool. And yeah, what are yeah, some of, yeah. So I know that while you were doing that, you're still dancing. You had crews that you were a part of. What was that like oh, early dance? What was that early dance world like? like before BDC, so, before all of that, all the people that you were, you were around, like all these people who now are like big names in the industry. It's so yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always so funny because all of our kids and all of my friends through fitness always send me videos like, oh my gosh, do you see this video that went viral? And I'm like, I, I know them personally. Like I text them, I dance with them, I performed with them, like I trained <laughs> with them. Um, So within the choir, we always travel. So I wasn't in a dance group until after, right? But immediately after, um, I think the first dance group that I joined was um, with Jonah Biddle, actually. 
Jonah Biddle was one of the first dance groups I joined. And then it was a group Illusions in Brooklyn where I met a lot of people. And then from there, I um, started dancing with Little Mama, that whole era where we met like Hollywood. We met a lot of different people, Valentine and, and, and Valentine. Um, so Project Valentine, that's where I met a lot of them. And then I started dancing with Project Valentine. And then I started dancing with UDA. And you know the dance scene is so big, but every, it's so small. Everyone knows each other. So I was just bouncing around and I did a lot of performing with um, um, UDA. I think I was with them the longest, you know what I'm saying? I did a lot of performing with them. And um, in that scene, I mean, the dance scene is the dance scene, right? It's a hustle. You know what I'm saying? It's a hustle. Everybody's broke. Nobody got nothing. We can't pay for classes. We're scraping to pay for classes. So any opportunity of like exposure and experience um, was what we strive towards, you know? And um, it's definitely a hustle. You know, it kind of shifted my mindset. Um, I made a decision to not go, as you know, to not go out. And at one point I was going to move to L.A., to actually pursue it, but I made a decision not to do that for um, financial reasons and for other, I, I just saw, I didn't see myself in that realm for too long. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I always knew like I wanted to own, not even necessarily a dance, you know, studio. I wanted to own a community center that granted an outlet for kids to be able to express themselves, but then also for people who are um, choreographers and people who studied the craft to be able to come in and instill their talents and their loves and their passion into kids as well, right? It's not just an outlet of, I own a dance studio. Nah, it's more so about combining, right? And then also helping people make money, you know what I'm saying? That's the biggest thing with us dancing, right? It's hard to make money. It's hard to keep it, right? You're not going to keep it just dancing. So um, early, I was always like, and everyone always said, it's not about the money. It's not about this. But in my head, I'm like, it is, though. Like, I want generational <laughs> wealth. I'm sorry, like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm a study, I'm a train, I'm a pay respects to our pioneers, like, I've never disrespected the craft and never disrespect anybody, but I'm also like, I knew that I needed to make money, you know what I'm saying, and I wanted to leave my mark, and it took, you know, I had to do that now, so that was kind of the route I took after taking all the dance class, so then I stopped, you know, the dance groups and whatnot, and um, was taking classes at BDC here and there, and I, didn't, I took a lot, but then I, I just kind of fell off the grid and kind of just did my own thing. Um, but yeah, I dance with a lot, a lot of groups. Now I think about them, I'm, <laughs> I'm mentioning yeah. it. Every, every <laughs> carnival, every Sabbath ride and sirens, I was doing like four pieces. Um, a, a Dre, I just put him in a whole different category on his own because he, he humbled the shit out of all of us. I don't know if I could curse. I don't know if I could curse. My it's bad. Okay. He humbled us. It. It's, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it was so much respect, man. So so many lessons learned in that experience. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely grateful. What was your favorite dance experience or dance job? I was about to say, don't be, be like, what was your favorite yeah. group? I was I like, say, don't do no, that. no, no, don't do that. No, <laughs> just dance experience or dance job. It doesn't even have to be paid because I know sometimes the best dance experiences that we have are like, is the ones not we don't even get paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to say it's the best, but I think the one that was the most confirming and transformative for me was the whole process of dancing with and for Little Mama, um, because that's why I met so many people, right? Like I was in my groups, like in Harlem with, with, with um, I was with Jonah, you know, and, um, and then I was with Illusions and that's before BDC days, right? And it wasn't until when I was in Brooklyn, we all auditioned for Little Mama and every dancer I feel like in New York City was there, right? That's where we met everybody who's killing it right now. That's that's where we all met. So I would say that that period, I think that was like 07, 08, probably like 08, 08, where we all just met. And then um, that was a, a, a very crucial and important period um, just because of the connections. But then to also see so much talent throughout New York, right? All of the different styles. The There was the whole thing about commercial and then underground and the battle and then... It, and it was just like to see all of that kind of coexist and form into what it is today. And then to see a lot of who I danced with and grew up with in that era, to see them on stage and to see them choreographing and to see them killing the Instagram, to see them just doing their things, everything that they worked so hard for. They used to hit the trains and hit all day, every day. Y'all going to go hit? Y'all going to go hit? Meanwhile, I was working like seven jobs. Like I always worked, <laughs> right? So I was working, so I couldn't go hit with them, but we would train. I would bring them back to... Project Valentine Day. They would come back to my dance studio. This is probably like now in like 2010. I was at um, an after school program in my hood. And right after that, I was the counselor and the dance captain there. So what I would do was after 6, 630, 
Project Valentine would come to my block and they met my whole hood. You know, they used to be on the block good, safe. And we would just dance until like three o'clock in the morning, three wow. o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Those were some of the best moments. You know what I'm saying? Because one built a family, but then you also got to really kick it with genuine people. You know what I'm saying? And watch them live out their passions. And then again, fast forward, like I see like Tia, right? Tia is, I have mad respect for her because I remember training with her and, and Mikey and Noel and Luce. You know what I'm saying? I remember training with all of them. And we used to go hard. Me and Mikey, I used to be like looking at Mikey like, damn, bro. Wow, right now. You know what I'm saying? Keeping you on your toes. And then to watch and see them do their thing, I'm like, wow, you know, that's powerful. So I would say that era of like 08 into like 2010, 2011, that period for those two different experiences and two different moments within that period were definitely like probably my favorite years of, of dance. And then obviously UDA, we was getting busy. We was just all the time. And they would, that's, that was the last, that was, that's family. You know what I'm saying? That's where yeah. I met Dina. That's where I met Ryan. That's where I met all of them. And um, it was dope. Man. It was dope. Yeah. It's, I think something that you really demonstrate well is the fact of dance is so much more than steps and so much more than dance. It's community. It's a feeling. It's a way to share stories. It's a way to share light. It's like you just embody like I feel like what is most important about dance so clearly in everything you do not even just in dance just in life so that's something that I've always really admired from getting to be in your presence for so many years oh, thank you so much <laughs> thank you thank you thank you yeah I mean it's um that's what dance is obviously we have to study we have to pay respect to our pioneers and those that came before us but the first thing they'll always tell you and everybody that I looked up to they just like just move and let them become the music you know I'm saying mm -hmm. obviously apply your training but become the music and what that does and what we prioritize at the dance studio is that that freedom for our kids to express themselves but then also what it does is most importantly it builds their confidence in themselves right it gives them somewhat of a voice so that they then apply that to everything right our kids 98% of our kids 99% of our kids are not going out to pursue dance yeah. you know what I'm saying but it's more so the confidence that they've built within themselves so that they can then apply it to everything that they do you know and that's the biggest thing that's yeah. the biggest thing amazing well it's time for our first game this I'm over here is checking the candles. I, yeah like let's actually let's it's, check it's over because it's over it's over i ain't gonna hold it's you not i don't good. got no hope in this mine I don't looks got no hope. like it's oh. covered in warts well i just broke this halfway through so <laughs> you set me up you got me out here looking okay. crazy talk about some maybe damn candles going maybe some, it's because i got some the candles water you said I don't got them boil from, it. Just get some. Well, because I boiled water. it, and look what happened. It turned into a wart candle. Maybe yeah, this is the craft, some, you know? From from it's Dollar like, Tree. Cause no, I got them from the hardware store, which might be worse. You got it from Dollar Tree. It's definitely Dollar Tree joints right here. I saw someone like you could put it in the you put in the hot water for fifteen minutes, and then you can like push it and flatten it and then like twist it and then no, like, lied make it. They lied to you. Wow. They lied to you. <laughs> wow. Because you're mad passionate. I'm going to complain. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to cover my whole house with these bended candles. No. <laughs> Ruined. Disappointed. It dead probably got to sit there for like 36 hours. And you got us doing it. It's in 15 minutes. It's a 15 minutes. They lied to you. Because this definitely been sitting in this for like a good 30 minutes. Yeah. And it's not good. And it didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. My fault. Get to the game. I cut you okay. Okay. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is Would You Rather. Don't worry, it's not too crazy. It's not like staff night at summer camp crazy. It's Listen, like... staff night at summer camp, I, I never answer those questions. <laughs> so, I know I know we yeah. think <laughs> I avoid so, this game. <laughs> yeah, so don't worry. This is not like that. This is a pre-made yeah. game, so it can't be too okay. crazy. Okay, let me see. Okay, here we go. Would you rather have roller skates for feet... Or have scissors for hands. Oh, roller skates. I'm out. Yeah. My I feel boy, like you would you dance really not, well on the what? roller skates. I'm get busy. I, I, I really want to actually get some skates. I'm not going to hold you. Me I too. I about this the other day. I actually I really want day. to too. Because I can't ride let's a bike. Let's So let's do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm down. I'll be I'm holding you accountable to this. Busy. I think everyone at ESDC should get skates. We'll teach, teach on skates. I feel Maybe like not that. Deron, I feel like Deron would be really bad 
Like, or skates the raw pussy. <laughs> he clumsy. Too clumsy. He mad big. He mad big and clumsy. Yeah, maybe so maybe it's not the best plan for, for while teaching. Nah, but nah. we're yeah. we're gonna have skates. They're gonna be cool. And they've like light up ones. They've got all cool ones now, so Yeah, I don't want I don't want the light up ones, but we're gonna, we gonna go. That's your that's your game. <laughs> okay, next one. Would you rather wear winter clothes all through the summer? Or live in a shed in the middle of the desert. Wait, what? Well, I'd rather wear... How long am I living in the shed? In the desert? Like, how Forever. Long Forever. No, man. See, if I feel like if I wear, <laughs> if I wear winter clothes in the summer, I'm definitely going to pass out. It might, <laughs> might, it might be clipped for me. But I ain't trying to live in no desert for, for forever. Nah, yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have, to, I'm gonna have to risk it with the winter clothes. Yeah. You could just I'm, move I might somewhere. Be a bad choice, but I might have to. Cold. I might have to risk it. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna do the winter clothes. The desert is not the yeah. vibe. Yeah. No. Okay. Last yeah, one. Would you rather have everything you touch turn to ice, or never be able to leave your house? Well, that's kind of easy because we kind of did Every, one of them already. I mean, we just. We just. <laughs> I'm home still. <laughs> a year, a little over a year. We in the crib, zooming. Everything you touch goes to ice. That's rough. You know what I'm saying? Every I don't think there's no thing. way around it. Even if even if you got gloves and all that. So like even if I go give you a pound, you turn into ice. It's clipped for you. You out of here. <laughs> um, so you out of here. I'm dead. Silver Surfer in you. Like it's it's clipped. <laughs> Silver Surfer. Um, <laughs> staying in the crib though for life. That's rough. They're both not great. Well, who made these games? Who who? What is this? That's a bad question right there. That's a bad question. Mash the desert ups. ice, like what's going on? Yeah, no, they're not great. They're not great. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. That's fun though, but that's a rough one. I, I still didn't answer because yeah. I don't know the answer. I Honestly, I feel like I'm going to just have to stay in the crib. But then it'll be selfish of me to be like everything I... T- Maybe I just don't touch nothing. But like I think but that's, that's even like your bed. Like even your clothes. Like, like whatever my body touches, not even just my hands, like whatever my body. So I'm literally an ice man. Yeah. Like, I'm like. You sub-zero. just touch your nose, nose is ice. Like, I'm sub zero. Like, I'm dead. I just, that's, that's suicide. I mean, yeah. I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to stay in the crib. Yeah, I'm gonna I would stay in pick the crib. that one too. I would pick that one too. I'm going to stay in the crib. I'm going to stay in the crib. We're just going to quarantine <laughs> this out for the rest of our life. It's just straight quarantine. <laughs> I could still make money in the crib too. I could just sit down and do my little dance classes, my little soul cycle classes. It's lit. True. Well, that is the perfect transition, actually. And that I don't mean that y'all can't come to my crib. True. That's true because it's not like pandemic. You just have to yeah, stay there, and you could, could just get like yeah. a huge house. You could just get like a house that has like a pool, a movie theater. Like I sound like I sound like a millionaire, and I am not that. But we gonna one day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> One day. One day is lit. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I wanted to transition into talking about your passions outside of dance and also talk about Soul okay. Cycle because I don't fully know how you actually got into Soul Cycle. And that is such a big part of your life now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So share that story. And I'm assuming you're passionate about it because you have <laughs> done it for so long now. So I'd love to minute. hear about that so, story so this is going to be interesting for you because i got in through it through linda and wyatt florin no way i shout thought you out knew to that wyatt. that's crazy i didn't shout know that shout out to wyatt just got into usc usc i'm so proud of him that's my boy <laughs> why it's un- unreal though so like he's yeah. like a cheat code why yeah, i'm not surprised like i wasn't surprised like, I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah. And I was mad that I could. I just walked into the gym and then Linda called me. So I was like, oh, damn. And then she sent me the video and I was like, I would have yeah. been on. I would have watched the whole thing. Wyatt's a cheat code. But how I got into it. So um, I was I was surprising Wyatt at one of his birthday parties. Um, and uh, Linda was like, yo, come. He doesn't know you're coming. And, you know, me and Linda are close. Linda's been so supportive yeah. my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we have gotten really close. And she was like, come surprise him, whatever. So I went and surprised Wyatt. I'm dancing with everybody. But Wyatt and his sister and Linda are really close with um, the founder of Soul, Julie Rice. So Julie Rice was there. And she was like, oh, I like his vibe, da, da, da. And she was like, pull him over. So Linda was like, yo, go talk to her. You know what I'm saying? Linda was pretty much the plug. And um, 
Julie was just like, so I like your energy. Do you want to teach our soul? So I was like, I like, well, honestly, I was, we exchanged it from the, we was like, we'll talk, whatever. Linda, I guess Linda exchanged yeah. gave her my number or I, vice versa. However that worked, I forgot. But I wasn't too pressed on it, but only because I never took SoulCycle, right? And then I was also like, SoulCycle, only SoulCycle I knew was like 83rd Street, Upper West Side. I was like, I'm not about to jump on this indoor. I'm not about to do indoor cycling. Like, I've never done that. So yeah. I wasn't too hyped for it. But Linda kept saying, like, yo, this is a great opportunity. They're good people. Like, it could be a real transformative, you know, time for you. So I was like, all right, cool. And then, like, Tammy Eisenberg and so many other people who, it's a small circle. Everybody know each other. So they're like, oh, I heard, whatever. So this was, like, November of 2013. I didn't connect with, I didn't fully reconnect with um, Julie Rice until January. She was busy. I was busy. I wasn't too pressed for it, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't really fully understand the magnitude of soul. Um, so it wasn't until January, January. We spoke again. She was like, look, just try a class. I'll make this super easy for you. Try a class. She booked me into a class. Me being like, I'm a fitness. I box. I dance. I lift. I do whatever. I'm a killer. I went in there and I just completely like, it was a dub for me. For 45 minutes, it was a struggle bus. Like, it was hard. So I was like, but I like that kind of a challenge. But it was also something that I needed mentally that I didn't realize I knew I needed. You know what I'm saying? Because I was also at that same time, which a lot of people didn't know then, I was going through a deep, deep depression during that period. You know what I'm saying? And it lasted for like almost a year. And that's, you know, so um, I was like, all right, cool. So, but it, it, it gave me something I didn't know I needed. And I don't even think in that moment I could really verbalize what that was. It just felt right. So I did all of that or whatever. I went back. I told Linda, like, I'm going to do it. I told Julie Rice, whatever. Julie Rice was like, I bet. We're going to put you in training for four weeks. You could come here three times a week. Nothing crazy. We'll make it. And then I'm putting you on a schedule. It was, like, so easy. So I, It was so easy that I was like, this has got to be a scam or something like that. Like, <laughs> it was just too easy. And she made it. She had so much, like, faith in me. She believed in me. She was like, I really think you're going to, like, be a thing. Like, I think you're going to, you know, you're going to be really good. So I was like, all right, cool. Did training for four weeks, um, fell in love with it, each training, each class. I was like, wow. At the same time, I was still working on my job before that. You know what I'm saying? So um, this is before Eastside Dance Company and all of that. So um, did the training, passed, and I started teaching. Um, at that same time that I started teaching, had a little falling out, well, a big falling out with my previous job. Much respect to them. And I had to part ways. Um, SoulCycle granted me the financial means to be able to still sustain on my own so I was like all right I'm good you know what I'm saying this is the most I've ever made you know what I'm saying I wasn't really making much of my job before that I was still working like old navy and all these other jobs so I wasn't really making no money um so I was comfortable with that but when I left the previous job I was like I missed the kids so I was like you know what eventually I wanted to have my own space anyway kind of worked out got it and then um that's when we ended up finding a space directly across the street from Seoul. So yeah. with the help, actually, the crazy thing is that Julie Rice and Elizabeth Cutler helped me. Not financially, but they just vouched for me. You know what I'm saying? I'm this new. I was 25 yeah. at the time trying to get commercial space in New York City. They're like, who are you? Like, what? Literally but, um, on the Upper so East Side. like On the right, Upper East Side, like... 25 years old, black-owned business. They, they said they're like, what? So um, I negotiated <laughs> the contract. I negotiated everything. I just didn't have the backing. We had the financial backing, but we didn't have the the like the credit. We didn't have no business credit. We have yeah. nothing. So Julie Rice just made Julie Rice and Elizabeth Cullen made a call and was like, "Hey, um, we vouch for him to the development and then to real estate, and then we got it." You know what I'm saying? So wow. that's how those two coexist together and created it. But then I've been at Soul for seven years now, you know, and that's how I got into Soul, and then it just we just blew up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was it was dope to see. It is dope to be a part of and um. It kind of shifted the culture of soul, you know what I'm saying, as far as in that area. So yeah, that's how I got in. You know, Wyatt and, and, and Linda Florin, they were the plugs for that, you know. Then wow. Julie Rice just happened to be there, and it worked out. That's so cool. And it I know another out. passion, I mean, clearly we have to talk about your passion for teaching and for kids because that is just, uh, I mean, that's, my number that's one right just there. like, yeah. that's yeah. just – I don't even know if it's like a passion. It's like your extra limb. Like that is just like you. You are so that. <laughs> yeah. How did you I, get into that? Like it's just so natural to you, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Like it just, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what it is? I think that, I don't know when the switch was, but when I was in a boys choir of Harlem, I was also like an assistant choreographer to Mr. Wright, right? So I would always get help out and whatever. And 
that's when I knew, like, I love to teach. I love to help. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, cool. Um, I also knew that, like, that was, I, I just felt like that was my thing. You like to teach. You like to help. You like to be a part of. You like to be a part of the process from the ground up and build, right? But then you also like to see the, the, the final product of what you help instill into whether it's kids or whether it's dancers or whether it's, you know, soul cycle ride, whatever it is, it's, it's that process. It's the beginning, the process, and then a final result where I'm like, wow, like no, nothing can amount to that. You know what I'm saying? Because again, we're developing tools that they can then apply to every aspect of their lives. Right. And I just, I can't know. I don't know when specifically was like the Eureka moment, but it was just like, instill confidence in people, mm. you know, um, and a lot of confidence was instilled in me from a very young age through my family. I come from a big family, but it really started like with my mom and then it started with martial arts. My mom put me in martial arts since I was four years old and I used to compete and do weapons and katas and travel and do all this. So that's where I really got my confidence. And I was like, wow. And then that's what I wanted. That's what I still want to um, provide for everyone else that I encounter in a space where I can provide. You know, so and then with kids, it's just like kids are forced. Kids are so smart. Like, you know what I'm saying? And and I think as we get older, right, we're obviously we get to a certain age where I feel like our whole adulthood is unpacking everything we learned in our childhood and everything we've been programmed and conditioned to. Right. So then we're just adults who are big ass kids who are just lost. Like, where does it come from? Why do <laughs> yes. I think this way? Why do I process things this way? But in kids, they're in their most honest, most vulnerable stages. You know what I'm saying? So to be a part of developing that and instilling that piece of confidence is where I'm like, that's my role. Nothing else. Like, I'm going to give you, I, I'm going to be hard on you. I'm gonna, we're going to have fun. We're going, but my goal is to instill confidence in you because it's a tough world out here, right? And kids are going through a lot emotionally that they can't process and spiritually that they can't process. They can't verbalize it, but they feel it. And a lot of times they're shunned, right? And they have to mold into these societal expectations of what it is to be a child and to be popular into this and to fit into these elements. That's just like, nah, we're not, that's not what this is. You know what I'm saying? So to give them that backbone and to give them that, like, yo, you are who you are. And if you want to work hard towards this, you work hard towards this. And you continue to do that, regardless of what your mother says, regardless of what your dad says, regardless of what your teacher says, or I said, or whatever other friends, if this is what you're passionate about, yes, use their guidance, but their guidance can't dictate what it is you should do in your life. And a lot of times kids are being dictated opposed to being helped and molded around what it is they're passionate about and what it is they're feeling. So um, I just said a whole lot. That was my girl. what the question was. <laughs> I forgot what the question was, but that's just it. about. I, I mean, I... that's clear because it was about like your passion for teaching, which clearly oh, yeah. that you answered that very well. So don't <laughs> you got the question right? <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. I was so, like, I just went on a tangent. I said I forgot. What no, it was, it was the best tangent ever. So, what are okay. some of your other passions besides Soul Cycle, besides teaching, besides dance, besides fitness? I... <laughs> I am. Well, I was going to say martial arts, right? So boxing counts, and martial that arts. That's that boxing and martial arts, they were my first loves. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it wasn't for, um, if it wasn't for dance, if it wasn't for singing, require and all that, I honestly probably would have pursued some form of martial arts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or pursued boxing or something like that. Um, and that's a that's a passion of mine right there. You know. And then another thing is, I used to draw. You know what I'm saying? So I can still do a little something like that. I forgot girl. about that. Um, your your lion drawing. I'll have to share yeah, a picture yeah, of that. That lion is good. Yeah, that was from like mad long ago. Don't share that. I could probably do better now. Okay. Maybe okay. not. Do a it's better been a long one. Now nah, you can share that. I mean, okay, I know you you're really great at French braiding my hair. That's you know what I'm saying? I'm nice with that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do my own hair and all that. You know what I'm saying? So we out here. We just try to do all things. <laughs> you know what and I'm saying? But yeah, you can't forget your your children. My dogs, my dog. I had to lock them in a the room because I knew they'd have been in here. Wow, about to, <laughs> I, you know, I'm gonna feed them after this and walk them. So I know they'd have been bugging yeah. out. But my dogs, man, I train dogs. And uh, Cyrus is 12. Uh, he's gonna be 12 in June. Sage is gonna be nine. Wow. And Bella, I have Bella now, which is my mom's dog. But I had her for quite some time, and most likely keeping her. She's a little over two. So everyone who knows me, like my whole hood, my block, know they see me outside with the dogs. My dogs is climbing trees. Everybody knows them. Like that's that's a passion, and pit bulls specifically because they're yeah. so misunderstood. Yeah. You know, loyal but so misunderstood, and and their loyalty is used against them. So those are passions of mine as well. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, those well, are passions of mine. it is time 
for our next question. I realized I was so excited to get to Would You Rather. I didn't even do my little... Oh, question. She fancy. Ooh. She said I'm fancy. She said I'm fancy, y'all. <laughs> All right, what's the okay. question? What you got for okay, me? Okay, okay. So, these questions are gathered from various places in the internet, loosely color-coordinated. You know I love organizing. So, today I actually just recently recolor-coded the whiteboard at the studio. So, you'll see that next okay, time you go there. Okay, check you out. But, um... I'm going to pick randomly. We don't know what we're going to get. Some of them are deep. Some of them are funny. I might veto one if they're like one we've done before, but we'll see what we get. If anything okay. is too personal, you can always pass. But let's gotcha. see what we get. Which color would you like to do first? Let's do purple. Let's get purple popping. Ooh, a deep one. What would you like okay. to change about yourself? What I have to change about myself? It's not a uh, what I'm working on. <laughs> um, it's not deep. I'm horrible with with texting. Oh, that's so, true. Like, I didn't I've lost. I've lost. I've not lost, but like I have people who I'm cool with, and I, I love them to death. Who like really take it personal because they think it's just them. And I'm like, yo, like for example, like today I woke up, ran the dogs outside, trained. Went to Westchester, taught classes, came back, took the dogs out, had a meeting, went and taught the kids. Came, and I get text, a lot of texts throughout the day, so I'll get to some, and then some I'll look at, and I'll be like, I'm going to get back to them. And then, look, I came home. Now we're doing this. By the time I walk the dogs, it's already 10 o'clock. I'm like, I'm not texting you back right now. Like, it's over. So, but then I forget by tomorrow. So, a lot there's, there's people in my life who, like, are like, I don't like him. I don't talk to him no more because he's just on a fourth. And I'm like, guys, I'm sorry. I'm just really <laughs> bad with it. And I'm working on it. I'm not saying accept it. I'm working on it, but it ain't personal. If you talk you to anybody in my really life, you have gotten really better. You've gotten a I've lot gotten better. better. With it. I've gotten better, but it's still bad. You know, I gotta admit it. But there's people who will be like, "Oh, he's this and he act funny because this and a fourth." Some dancers too. I'll be like, "We don't stop this shit." They be like, "Oh, he act funny." I'm like, "Listen, if you go to anybody in my life right now, regardless, <laughs> they gonna tell my mom is gonna be like." Yo, he's horrible at texting. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm working on that though. That's 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 what I'm working on. You know, I actually do have a funny story of like one time, I don't know when it was, but you texted me one time, hey, what's up? And I wrote back right away. And then four months later, you responded as if like we were just in the regular, you were like, no way, that's crazy. Like I was laughing so hard because it was just like so you. But that was so many years ago, so... You've, yeah, you've not so if anybody who watching this and you know me and you don't like me no more because of text messages, it ain't got nothing to do with you. I promise you. Because if, if it had something to do with you, I would tell you. I would let you know, <laughs> like, true. listen, I'm not really rocking with you no more. You know why you got to take it or leave it. Like, it is what it is. But, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Amazing. Okay, next question. Uh, Orange. Is that orange? Yeah, well, for me, it's green, so who knows? But that's, that's green. <laughs> no, like the other <laughs> side. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I was like, my eyes checked. Oh, okay. What food will you absolutely not eat under any circumstance? Fish. Fish. Me too. That gross. Fish. Well, I'm allergic to fish, but it's also just like, oh, uh, fish. Yeah. Yeah. Under no circumstance, like there's nothing. There's, you yeah. can't do nothing. Not even like fish flavored things. Nothing that smells like fish, that tastes like fish. Yeah. Your fork, your fork. you can't share a plate with me and a fork touch the fish and then go to the chicken. I get instantly nauseous. Yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't okay, work. next question. Uh, do blue. Has life been hard on you so far? <laughs> That's kind of, I mean, it's like we're laughing, but like... <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Long story short, three years ago, I had a heart attack <laughs> in the back of an Uber and um, should have been dead based off of what the doctor said. I had multiple um, massive clots invade my heart and my lungs. Apparently, I was sick that whole month and didn't know the severity of it, but my doctor results always came back fine. So I had the heart attack. I got to the hospital. They said, oh, you had a pH level of 6.8. You should be dead. Went under surgery. Um, they were like, we don't know if he's going to make it. If he does wake up to have brain damage, luckily, I didn't have either one. Um, recovery was, you know, hard, but I had a great support system and bounced back and was back and working like 
two months. Um, and then fast forward to last May, I had a stroke. So, because they think it's because of COVID. Um, I had COVID in March wow. when everything first shut down. Um, my COVID symptoms weren't even that bad. They only lasted for like four days. I just had extreme fatigue for like two of those days and another two days of like body aches, lower body aches. Then I was fine, or at least I thought I was. And then I had a stroke in May. So I was in the hospital for almost a week. Um, and I'm only 32. So that says a lot, you know, life is, and there's so many things that happened before, like when my younger sister passing away, my mom's sickness, so many different things. The life has definitely been, um, I've seen a lot of, uh, death and near death experiences and, uh, it's definitely been difficult, but yeah. a lot of perspective from all of the experiences. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. It's kind of right? funny that that was a, co- a question of all the questions. Life has that been hard. Been. I'm like, it's like, um, yes, and like, I'm like as someone well. who who was working for you and is friends with you during that time, like, yikes! But if anyone yeah. could get through it, like you, like, oh, I can't even get into it. Like seeing you at the hospital, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get emotional thinking about that. Like. That was like two days yeah. after or something like, oh yeah. my God, wow. But of any person that I've ever could ever meet, like if I think like, if someone's like, who's the strongest person you know? I'm like, Tramel, 100%. Not just physically, like mentally, heart wise. Maybe not your actual heart has had some, str- <laughs> <laughs> some has roughness. Some it might not. <laughs> But no, like just everything about you, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, wow, that is crazy. That that yeah. was a question. <laughs> okay, That's last question is another food-related question, which is strange. What is your culinary specialty? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's sad, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, specialty. That's that's a lot to say. Specialty. That's a lot to say. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could do a little some some. I mean, specialties, that's a lot. Well, like, that's what's something lot. that you like to cook? I mean, <laughs> um, I, I'm not going to lie. This sounds like mad typical, but I could make some bomb wings, though. I was like, going to say, we have had, like, some wing competitions at your house. Like, a lot of, I don't know which could, ones could, were yours, but I, could I would say all the wings, wings were good. I could make some bomb wings. Uh, yeah, I can make some bomb wings. Like, if somebody was like, what's your, I'd be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna body some wings right now. And it's like, my mom taught me how to cook. Like, to say specialty is hard, but my mom, my mom is a great cook. So she taught me how to cook and bake from a very young age. She was like, you're gonna learn all of this. My mom literally taught me how to mount TVs, mount shelves, cook, clean, do laundry, all before 10, wow. 10 years old. Like, she was on a whole, she's at a, she's on a whole different level of just like a specimen that is just out of this world. <laughs> So I can cook. Like, she taught me how to just, like, if I see something, you know the basics, and then you experiment, right? So steak, I could kill a steak. I could kill some wings. I could grill a mean burger. Like, you put me on a grill, that burger going to be lit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not going to sit down and be like, yeah, I'm going to bust down this lasagna real quick. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, my, I wouldn't put my, my life on that, you know? Yeah. But, like. I could, you know, I could do a little sun, sun. Specialty is just rough, though. But wings, I say, <laughs> yeah. that will fall under my specialty, if anything. Okay, cool. I'll accept that answer. So I could cook the a little sun, though. I ain't going to lie. I could do a little yeah. sun. <laughs> the last question. <laughs> now I'm, like, thinking about wings. The <laughs> yeah, I want some bad mm, right now. Yeah, I haven't had wings in a long time. Okay, so the last question <laughs> that I ask everyone is mm-hmm. what brings out your most creative self? What brings out my most creative self? You know the crazy thing? Um, anything last minute. I don't know if that's a good answer, but like Interesting. That's I, a, I've not I had anyone say that. Any like if you if you put me under pressure and you'll get a lot of creative stuff. And I realized that about myself. Like at first I was just like, Oh, you just procrastinate, you don't do whatever. And there's even moments where I'll prep. And I'll do it, and it's lit. But then I get put under pressure, and I have to think right there in the moment. And for some reason, all of these just start to go. You know, and I've seen that. I've experienced that till this day, everything, and, like, it just happens. So if I'm put under pressure, I I don't know what happens, but I get super creative, and I get excited about that pressure. Like, mm-hmm. when it's last minute, I get mad excited. Like, I get hype. You know, I'm not yeah. hype if I'm prepping before. 
So yeah. that's why anything talking wise or anything going to create something or go do this, this project, I'm like, I'm going to just show up and then we'll figure it out, you know, and that's pretty much what it's been. Um, I'm not going to sit down and act like that's the best method. You know, it's probably a lot to do with me being lazy when I'm not working, but a lot comes out from that. Nice. A that's a new one. That. I haven't had, yeah. a lot of people have said like similar things and that is a new one. So that's very cool. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here. If people want to find Thanks for you, having me. Of course, of course. I How can you. people get in touch? Clearly not through text, but Don't where? Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't text me. Um, <laughs> just DM, DM. You can see me, my Instagram. You already, you already logged that in right there. My Instagram. Come check out. Come, come, come see the dance studio. Come see Haley run that. Let's talk about Haley real quick. I noticed her, but Haley, I don't know what I would do without her. She been running this bad boy. Like I feel so confident <laughs> with just being like, I don't gotta go there. I don't gotta talk. I'll touch base with Deron. I'll text you like, hey, whatever. So Haley is dope, y'all. Oh, I don't know if anybody let y'all know that, but she is you. dope <laughs> and she is amazing and she is reliable and she's super talented and we definitely need to see more dance videos of Haley because she be holding back. I know, I know. Oh. And she sings. She do math. She act. When I met her, she this sing, isn't about dance, me. Act. I don't care. The world gonna know what's going on on your side. You be you be humble and all nervous and shit. We not doing that, all right? So yeah. you can find me. You okay. can come by the studio. Okay. Watch what Haley do. Instagram, and that's about it. I ain't gonna hold you nothing else. Awesome. I'm not on TikTok awesome. or nothing like that. So be yeah. Good. That's not your. That's not your vibe. TikTok. TikTok and Twitter not really my vibe. I'm gonna leave that alone. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to hit all of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning of quarantine, I did do TikTok. I, I, I downloaded TikTok, and then I looked at myself for a whole week and was like, what are you doing, bro? It was just <laughs> it was just COVID. It was COVID. It was COVID yeah. getting to me. Yeah. That yeah. was one of the symptoms. TikTok. Yeah, yeah. TikTok. Download TikTok and get lit. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's it, that's it, though. Awesome. Well, definitely, if you would like to, I mean... Jamal already sang my praises, but if you'd like to find me, definitely you can check out my Instagram um, and definitely subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers, um, Ooh, so definitely subscribe um, and definitely also check out the audio version of this podcast. It is Dancers Doing Stuff on all Spotify, Apple, CastBox, wherever you have podcasts, it should be there. Um, so definitely give it a subscribe over there. This will come out in a few weeks as the edited audio version, so we'll be nice and tailored as much as possible. Um, but this was so fun. I'm so sad so that fun. our candles are garbage. It was a complete um, fail. Total don't fail. Don't any other guests that come with don't, don't let her set you up like she set me up. Look. <laughs> it's, it's not a damn Yours fail. doesn't look, even look like it was look, wet. It's been wet this whole time. Like, it's been sitting in water this whole time. Trash. Yeah, this was not great. This mine still looks pretty bad. I think I could. It's a bad vibe. No, yeah, it's ruined. You, it's ruined. you broke it. You broke it. Yeah, yeah, it's I over. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> it was not good. It was not good. <laughs> okay. Horrible. Well, thank you so much again for being here. Nah, I'm sure I will see you very soon, and I will I'll not text you. you. <laughs> Done. All right. <laughs> Bye. <Later>. Bye, else. <laughs> Thank you.